my heart is open and won't you come come inside fill up all my being ever to abide will I go bless you. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. I just want to say thank you. This is our last service, but I just want to thank you and for being such an attentive audience and listening so well and responding to the Word of God. And the Lord touched many hearts this morning. That's special when, how's the Bible say, no man can come except the Father draws him. And to see the Holy Spirit, amen. Brother Ram tells us that the, the same atonement is for sin, is for, for healing. And if God is still healing individuals, then God is still saving individuals. It's the same atonement. You feel like the Lord touched you this morning and healed your body, forgave us of our sins, drew us close to him. Amen. I want to thank Brother Ed for his kindness and goodness to me. I have a lot of faults, and you have friends. They overlook your faults, and they love you above your imperfections, but I appreciate him and his wife, and good to see Brother Clark back there, our special friend, and Brother Hiltebrand. He came in the back this morning. We just embraced, and there's a, a deep love we have for our brother and a respect. Amen. We've got to respect those people that went before us and paved the road for us. That's a sign of maturity as young people as we grow up and we, you respect your parents and the elders and those that have, amen, built the road and we're walking on the road because someone else made a great sacrifice. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want to go to Hebrews chapter 3. Maybe a little bit different message uh, tonight. <clears throat> and uh, uh, you learn some things in life. I uh, learned that you've got to live a holy life. So uh, they said, <laughs> I asked Brother Ed when I get here, I said, do you have many ministers up from the States? Because it takes a lot of paperwork to get through all of this. So I have a wonderful wife, a helpmate. I said, hey, will you take care of this? And she spent about a day getting all our COVID and tests and Air Canada and the airlines and all of that straightened out. And so they said, well, you need to go do this test. So I said, okay. She got the time. We all sat down there 20, 24 hours before. So we drove down. They said, well, you can't, you, ha you got to get in, you know, come down here. So we went to the place. We drove in this parking lot. No one in the parking lot. It's just completely empty, not a car. And there's one tripod set right at the beginning of the little testing lane that you're in. So we drove up there and it's this lady with this camera. I'm like, hey, how are you? Are you part of the thing? She said, no, I'm just here for the news where less people are getting tested and I'm here for the news. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Why? So we drove on up to the thing and they do that test where they touch your brain with a... <laughs> and, and they do that, you know, and you're in, you think you're in this privacy of your own vehicle. And, and then she goes, hey, you took that like a man. I turn around and look and here's this woman with this camera. <laughs> And we chatted a little bit, and then they had to do another one, and they came back and, and did it uh, again. And I'm like, 
oh my. So she said, you're going to be on the news tonight. I'm like, what? So she told me what letters. And sure enough, we went on the website, whatever.com, and went on there. And they had a whole thing on the thing and clips in there and had me getting tested. I told my wife, I said, you can't even go for a medical test as a minister without being on the headlines of their website, you know. So you just learn. You got to live right. You got to do what's right, you know, because you never know when you'll be on the front. So the Bible says, walk circumspectly. And that word circumspectly means without risk. Walk without risk. So, amen. Lord, help me to, I tell young people especially, says the Bible says, let no man despise thy youth, but be an example of the believer. An example is everybody else can do what you're doing. And if not everybody can do what you're doing, you probably shouldn't be doing it because somebody's watching you and somebody's following us. Amen. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. <clears throat> Let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, we just bow our heads to you and thank you for your presence, the songs, the music, Lord, the house of worship, Lord, the presence of the Lord, the atmosphere. And I pray as we open our Bibles, Lord, you would just speak to us. Lord, a little bit different message tonight, but I pray, God, that you would help us, you would draw us closer to you. I pray you'd bless these young people, Lord. I see them sitting here with their eyes wide open, Lord, and not tattooed with the world or on drugs or, Lord, and they're just sitting here attentively, and I pray that you, Lord, would speak to them from the word of God. Help me as a minister, Lord Jesus, to point them to the scripture, Lord, and show them that what we believe comes from the Bible. Lord, I pray you'd help us tonight. Those that are streaming, Lord, I pray that you would reach to them, that, Lord, your presence would go to them wherever they are, and they would feel your presence. We pray and ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. We're just going to read two verses, and then I'll have you be seated, and I want to read some more verses. Hebrews 3, verse 1 says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. I want to take a little text from verse 1 where it says, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. And I want to take a thought, consider Christ Jesus. Consider Christ Jesus. You may be seated. Consider Christ Jesus. And just as we go back, I'm going to read several scriptures tonight because I want to stay in the Bible. People, when they say, we've been hearts have been turned back to the word, the word, the word, and people, they think it's this Bible right here. It's an open book. The mysteries were revealed to reveal the Bible to us. So when we say we have the revelation of the word, it's the revelation of the Bible. Remember when the seals came and Brother Branham, he had all this revelation and vindication. They said, Brother Branham, you could write a new Bible. And it sounded like a really good thought, but the angel of the Lord come to him and said, no, no. The Bible says you can't add to or take away from the scripture. Amen. So it has to be the revelation of the already written word. So what we have, and that's why Brother Brandon, when my wife and I are going through the seals book in our devotion, sitting down and listening to the seven seals, and we're starting through it very slowly and listening to it, but if you'll find in the seals, people that rush through it, you're really, it's a concentrated doctrine. So you, you'll hear maybe, maybe one or two pages, and out of those one or two pages, Brother Brandon will preach a whole message like the God of this evil age, Satan's Eden, a future home, and, and, and he'll preach a whole message just on, so it's like little seals 
seeds and God revealed the mysteries in the revelation of the seven seals. Then for three and a half years, it was actually the ministry of the Son of Man coming the same as Jesus walked in a physical Son of Man ministry. Now Christ is coming in word form for three and a half years and it was actually Christ revealing himself in the word of God. You don't have to understand it all, we just have to believe it. Amen, because what we believe comes from the scripture. Go to Hebrews chapter two, verse nine. Our thought is consider Christ Jesus. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with the glory and honor, that he by the grace of God might taste death for every man. For it became him for whom all are all things and by whom are all things in the bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of our salvation perfect through suffering. So how did Christ become perfect? Through suffering, through your trials that we go through. For both he that sanctifieth and they which are sanctified are all one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. <laughs> Amen, to call them brethren. Anybody here got a big brother? It's nice to have a big brother. When you get in trouble, you call your big brother. And Jesus said, I'm not afraid to call you brethren. And when I get in trouble, I call my big brother. And he said, I'm not ashamed to say those are my brothers and my sisters. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Verse number 16. For verily he took on him the nature, took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. That means to sympathize with them. He's able to succor them. If you have your Bibles, turn over to chapter 4, verse 14. The Bible says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched, with the feelings of our infirmities. Now we talked this morning about see, taste, feel, smell, and heal, and those were not given to us to, to contact God, but now the Bible says here that there is, he's touched by the feelings of our infirmities. Is that what the Bible says here? We're spiritual beings and we have feelings and emotions, and the Bible says here that he's a high priest that can be touched by the feelings of our infirmities and was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So it's not a sin to be tempted. Sometimes the devil will bring you in condemnation. I can't believe you thought that. You thought that. What a terrible. But the Bible says he was tempted in all manner like as you are yet without sin. So temptation is not the sin. It's what you do with the temptation. Brother Bram said he was tempted with alcohol. He was tempted with, with women. He was tempted in every point that you are yet without sin. Why? That he might be the right kind of high priest. Verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of trouble. Oh, aren't you thankful for a high priest tonight? He ever liveth to make intercession for the saints. Go to chapter 7, verse 26. It's good to have a little journey through the Bible. This book of Hebrews is a wonderful book. 
Verse number 26, for such a high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, and separate from sinners, and made and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices first for his own sins and then for the sins of the peoples. For this he did once when he offered up himself. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm so close to one of my favorite verses, I gotta turn a couple more. Chapter 10. This is one of my favorite verses. And so we don't have time to preach it as Paul was going through and how the high priest went in every year and they had to make atonement for, and the blood of bulls and goats does not take away sin, but it only covered sin. But we have a high priest that went in one time. Amen. John said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the whole world. God doesn't judge humanity for being sinners because all of us are sinners. He judges humanity because he provided a way on the cross that every man could be rid of his sins. And man chose to be a sinner and not take the redemptive blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's judged because he wouldn't take a pardon. <laughs> oh my. And my, one of my favorite verses, verse number 14. For by one offering hath he perfected forever them that are sanctified. By one offering of Jesus Christ, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Good verses there to know, to have in our, our minds. And going back to our original scripture here, chapter three, verse one, the Bible says, consider Christ Jesus. Now I don't want us to think about this because Brother Random tells us it's just not the name of Jesus. Because there's many Jesuses in the world. If you go down to, to South America, people just name their children. It's like Mark, John, Henry, whatever they call it, Jesus. Out of respect, we maybe wouldn't name our children Jesus. <laughs> but some people do there. And so what I, I think we need to understand is that so many things that we do is by revelation, and we don't realize that we're doing it by revelation. Okay, so sometimes I'm just going to try to explain myself. So we sing and we do things, but we do it by revelation, and that's good. Jesus said, I'm going to build a church, and it's going to be on the rock of revelation. It's not going to be by learning. It's not going to be by education. And I'll say this, sometimes when we get it so complicated, we got to remember the man that had the keys to the kingdom couldn't sign his own name. He couldn't run an iPad or an iPhone. He was ignorant and unlearned, but the Bible says they took notice that they had been with Jesus. The important thing is to be with Jesus. Amen. To take on his nature. As Paul said, I am crucified every day, and nevertheless not I. I, I die, he said, but Christ liveth in me. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. And I want us to realize that sometimes we do things by revelation and we don't realize we're doing it. We sing songs and we don't realize it's by revelation. You ought to listen to me attentively now, aren't you? Well, wait, what about this song? There is a fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath the blood, lose all their guilty stains. What a wonderful song. But think about that. You, you're singing that by revelation. Go to work and say, hey, we got a fountain at our church filled with blood. And we bring sinners in and plunge beneath the flood. They lose all their guilty stains. No, no. We're singing by revelation. There is a fountain filled with blood. It's drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And by faith, I plunge my sins beneath that flood. And I lose all my guilty stains. And in a moment, by revelation, they talk about time travel. And the believer travels to the foot of the cross. 
Amen. They threw, they, 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 um, threw a spear through his side and they crucified him and they hung here. I'm going to stop right here, okay? It's just not acknowledging Christ. That's what I was trying to get to this morning. Believe the sign. And they acknowledge a sign. There was a soldier that killed him and said, truly thou art the son of God. And he died and went to a devil's hell. It's not acknowledging Jesus Christ. It's plunging, taking your trip there and say, Father, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. And plunging our sins beneath the fountain filled with blood. Oh my, there's so much on my heart today. I want to preach it all, but I can't, okay? But there's one thing. I'm a Sunday school teacher, and I tell children, there's a 911 call that we have. Every believer should have it. You say, what is the 911 call for the believers? Well, it's, you turn it around backwards, 1 John 1, 9. Everyone should have this verse underlined in their Bible. If you're a seasoned Christian, it will mean a lot to you. The Christian's 911 call is the scripture. 1 John 1, 9, the little book in the back. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You say, Brother Daniel, that's so simple. It is simple. But when you're in a house and you hear a noise out there and somebody breaks the window and they're coming in, I don't, I guess you all do that in Canada? I don't know. Okay, so they get the phone and they do 911. It's the digits across from each other so you're not prone to just touch them. Nine, you deliberately 911. And you help some, you hope that somebody that's gonna come that's bigger than the intruder that's trying to steal and rob from you. And in your Christian walk, when the devil comes, maybe you made a mistake and you hear him knocking on the door saying, you've sinned away your grace. And if you're a son of God, you would have never done it. Amen. Don't let him take you out there and rob you of your love and your joy and your faith. Amen. Pick up your Bible and turn over there and dial 1 John 1, 9, 9, 1, 1. It's the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, Brother Clark, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's such a joy to preach salvation, to preach forgiveness, to preach redemption. That's what this gospel is all about. It's redemption. So I was thinking about that, how that it's not just Jesus, but it's Christ Jesus who is the anointed one. And when I sing and when I pray, I'm not praying, listen to me carefully, all right? Sometimes people misunderstand, but I just want you to listen to me, okay? It's revelation, it's not the, it's the revelation. When I pray to Jesus, I am praying to Christ Jesus, the anointed one. I'm just not praying because a girl's boyfriend might be Jesus. I'm not praying to your boyfriend. I'm praying by revelation to Christ Jesus, the anointed one that died on the cross, that was virgin born. And how's the Bible say in Acts 20? We are saved by the blood of God. He was not the son of, 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 of Joseph. He was not the son of Mary. She was just an incubator to hold that life that he could be born into the world. Do you believe that? It's by revelation. We're not saved by the blood of men. We're saved by the blood of Almighty God. So we do this by revelation. He was the son of God that came into the, the, the world to save sinners. I believe it. I'm a Christian. We must never forget the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I just got to control myself here. You know, you ever get so excited, it's like, my wife's like, control yourself. <laughs> so I'm trying to be good. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that because he was a virgin-born son of God. He died. He rose again. He said, I have the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He said, because I live, you can live also. 
there's a group of people that receive his spirit into them. And we said Mark 16. Brother Bam said that's the true church. In the church age book, he said all other churches are false. Go back and read it in the beginning of the church. He said, all other churches are false except the Mark 16 church. I want to be a part of the true church. I say, Lord, I want to lay my hands on the sick. I want them to recover. I want to be able to have the Holy Spirit cast out evil spirits that are around us. Amen. If we take up any serpent seed and deal with those, they're not going to harm me because I have a revelation in the word of God. And I thought about that, and now, the other day, we were up at a wedding. I forget whose wedding. Maybe, I forget. It was in Pennsylvania, one of the Wallace boys. It was Wesley, I think, Wesley Wallace, and we were there. And just a nice wedding, we went into the fellowship, or the, they had a barn there. It was concrete floor, and one of the brothers picked up a little baby and had it up on her, his shoulders, was holding it on his shoulders, and it was a concrete floor, and he, the baby fell off the, the, his shoulder and landed right on her head little infant, maybe one-year-old, not, maybe not even one-year-old, and, and they picked the baby up, and the little baby's, you know, accidents just happen, and, and so the little baby, Brother John, Jonathan Sanger, you can call him and verify this, Jonathan Sanger is a, a nurse, worked in the emergency room, and he just called the ministers together, and he said, we need to pray for this baby. The one eye was looking this way, and the other eye was looking over this way. He said, I knew it was serious. <sighs> David said, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. These are verses. He said, ask and you shall receive. He said, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. So we got together as a brothers and we just laid our hands on the little baby and prayed the prayer of faith and just prayed God that would heal the little baby and we just went on with the wedding and, and that the next day, we, had, we were gathered in a room and they brought the little baby and her eyes were completely normal and completely well. Our God is a healer. Hallelujah. Amen. And Brother John, he's, he's, in, he's in the medical field, and he did, I seen him do He was sitting at the table, and I watched him. He was holding the baby, and he was doing the thing where he, you snap up, and, and the baby's eyes were just watching, going everywhere, and God had healed this little baby. Amen. That tell you. You know what that is? You know what that is? That's David killing the bear. That's David killing the, 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 the lion. And there's going to be a giant that's going to come. But my God killed the bear. My God killed the lion. And my God, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would try to defile the church of the living God? If God be for us, who could ever be against us? Could COVID be against us? Could the government be against us? Oh my goodness. Our God is a healer. He's a deliverer. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If it's my time to go, I'll just quote this. And if I mess, you can straighten me out. Brother Branham said, if it's your time to go, there's not enough medicine to keep you. He said, if it's not your time to go, there's not enough sickness to ever take you. So whether I live or die, I am Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And I tell you what, if you get a revelation, you're on this earth to be a witness for Christ, it will cure depression. It will cure anxiety. The Holy Ghost gives you a purpose for living. It'll give you a reason to get up in the morning. Lord, how'd they say, are the rocks going to preach the gospel? No, he only has your hands. He has my hands. That's why I say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost and give me power. Give me a purpose for living, Lord. To witness to my neighbors, my friends, and be a testimony for Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? We need an infilling of the Holy Ghost. And pretty soon you won't be looking at yourself. Jesus said at 12 years old, I've got to be about my father's business. I've got things I've got to take care of. 
Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. So many things on my heart. Lord, help us today. I'm going to stop right here because I wrote this whole page of notes. I think I wrote two pages of notes, and it's very controversial. And as I say it again, if I say something wrong, we have ministers and pastors that can get up and correct me. But I just want you to observe something, okay? I'm going to talk about Christmas, and maybe your eyes, I'm not here to tell you right or wrong. I'm just going to want you to observe something. Christmas has moved. I'm not saying it's evil or it's pagan or whatever. I just want you to observe something. Christian, Christmas has moved not so much maybe to pagan as it has to secular. Secular. Look, I, I saw this the other day. I thought, that is so interesting. The word secular means denoting attitudes and activities and other things that have no religious or spiritual basis. Listen to me here. So now we see Christmas, which used to be a worship, Brother Ram said it's a sacred worship of the birth of our Savior. And now the world has moved it to a secular event that has no, how, how, no religious or spiritual basis. Follow me right here. So they were, we were reading a book, and I think you said you read the same article that I read. They went and, and they took Spotify. Am I talking your language now? <laughs> And they took Spotify and the top 70 Christmas songs had no mention of Jesus Christ in them. No mention of Jesus Christ. It was all about the weather. It was about food and romance. And when I read that, I'm like, so the top 70 hits, oh, this is number 20, this is number 10. Nothing to do with Jesus Christ. I mean, we need, to, uh, we need to be aware of our surroundings. Not everything that says it's Christian is Christian. As Paul said, not all the Jews that say they're Jews are Jews. And I realize, you know, this is moving into something where it's just secular. And it, it has nothing. So we're like, hey, let's go over and sing some carols. Huh. Well, is it about Jesus Christ or is it about food and romance and the weather? <laughs> That's a valid question. Hey, let's go Christmas caroling. About the weather, about food, or about romance? You know, it's a lot different than the way it was. Silent night, holy night. Hark the herald angel sings. Glory to the newborn king. So we see something of Christmas becoming more secular. But now I'll take it down. I'll bring it one step farther to music. Ah. Music is one of the most controversial subjects there is because everyone's got an opinion and it's sacred to them. But let's just talk about something, not talk about right or wrong. Let's just observe something. Where's the brother said, he said, was it, it was a brother Tim said he had a, a cat and he had a skunk and they become friends and they come right up on, was it brother Tim? Yeah, there he is. And he said, I got a cat and a skunk and they come right up on the porch and they just, the, the cats, they make friends like that. But there's something different about a cat and a skunk. When he raises his tail, you better be running. He's no cat. And we see that secular has moved into the music realm and even religious world. Listen to that definition. Uh, secular, denoting attitudes and activities and other things that have no religious or spiritual basis. Now I got your attention, don't I? Brother Daniel's way out here in a limb, isn't it? But you think about secular music that's not sacred. What about this? You are the air I breathe. I'm desperate for you. Where's Jesus Christ in that? Somebody mentioned that. This person put out a whole album and it doesn't mention Jesus Christ. And I had the album. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? I went and got the album. I listened to it. Listened to the whole album. I think there was 10 songs. Jesus Christ, G, the name Jesus was mentioned three times and it was just in one song in passing. I'm like, my goodness. 
Here I thought I was listening to Christian, listen to me, and it was secular music. It was secular music that could be sung to the boyfriend or girlfriend. And, 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 and just like we sing Hark the Herald Angel Sings, and now I, see, I have Jesus Christ involved. Amen. I like to hear redemption. I like to hear the name Jesus in my, I like to hear about the cross of Jesus Christ. Let me just quote a couple of songs. There is power, power, wonder. Where, any question where, what side that's on? On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of Can you sing that in a bar? Can you sing that to your girlfriend? No, it's not secular. It's Christian music. Just a couple of guidelines. It might be helpful for you when the devil drags you out there and you think what you're listening to is Christian music and all of a sudden you realize it's secular. It could be sung and you hear it playing in stores and, and playing in bars. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, that, that, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying, that's secular music. I want to hear Christian music. I want to hear something that lifts up Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus. Amen. The redemption, the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ. I hope that's right. Brother can probably preach a couple sermons on that. I just brought you something you might want to observe that when the devil gets us far away and you realize, you know what, we're out way out here and this is just secular. You know what, Let, <clears throat> let's just take the church. What is the church's vision? Amen. To birth sons and daughters of God into the kingdom of God and the atmosphere where the Holy Ghost come down and convicts the soul and brings them where they're convicted by the Holy Spirit. And they say, God, woe is me, a, sir, a sinner. And they come to Christ and they receive Christ and the Holy Spirit comes and fills their life and we baptize the purpose of the church of God. And we see the church slowly but surely becoming involved in so many other things that are not, they're just secular. <laughs> I'm not going to go there, okay? You can go there. But I say we get back to, hey, this is what the church of God is. Full of the Holy Ghost. Brother Brown preached a message called the five definite identifications of the true church of the living God. It had nothing to do with music, how big your church was, your website, none of that stuff. It's a great message. Go listen to it. <laughs> the five definite identifications of the true church. Praise be to God. Brother Random goes through this, talking about the, the, the Christ Consider Christ Jesus in our preaching. Amen. And everything we should do should lift up Jesus Christ. In our preaching, sometimes even preaching can become secular. And it can become just good seminars and, and things. And we must never forget the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was thinking about this first, is it 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. I hope this is okay. This is kind of Bible-based, all right? We're born of not corruptible seed. We're born again by the word of God. And line upon line and verse upon verse, we add that to our Christian uh, life. As Brother Ram said, it's not the, the foot of a, uh, uh, one cell is the, the, the paw of a dog and the other of it's a cat. It's human and you're adding line upon line. And we're not adding man's ideas and this idea or Brother Daniel's idea or some other minister's idea. God sent a message in this day. To take away our ideas. Brother Ram said, you can't bring your ideas into this message. God sent a prophet to reveal the word of God to us. Praise be to God. I was thinking about that. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preach unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand, by which ye are saved. I want us to get a load of this. You ever hear that saying? Get a load of this. How are we saved? By the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe Brother Branham's a prophet. Well, the devil believes that too. I believe in God. Well, the devil believes and trembles. 
It's not believing. It's something more than that. We are saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is that what the Bible says? Brother Branham tells us this. Listen to me, young people. Brother Branham said, our faith does not rest in the shifting sands of man's theology. Oh, brother, I love this. It does not rest in the shifting sands of man's theology, but it anchors in the word of God. And we don't understand that. Maybe you hear preachers and you have good preachers and they're pointing you back to the scripture. My father came from an assembly of God church. Is this okay? Just to share a personal thing. He came from an assembly of God church. My mother went to, they went to a university uh, in, in Pennsylvania and they met each other and, and came through that route. And he said, I remember going to their convention where they had a debate. I think it was three days. They debated women cutting their hair. And they sit and they have their elders sitting like, what do you, all right, you take 20 minutes and speak what you think. And I think Paul is a woman hater. No, I think we ought to do it. It's a tradition, but maybe we'll wear a hat. Maybe that'll be a covering. And they did their whole debate in three days. Then they had their vote. All right, let's take our vote. And then whatever the vote is of these elders, that's what this church believes. Oh, my goodness. Hey, man, we're not born again of corruptible seed. We're born again by the word of God. Amen, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You don't need to give me another chance. I know what the word of God says. It's a shame for a woman to cut her hair, period. End of story. I suffer not a woman to teach her serp authority. And as long as we hold the absolute of the word of God, you'll never have to worry about a woman coming up here with the Bible and opening and saying, I'm going to take a text. Now, when that absolute begins to go away, then you got problems. Amen. You know, people are raised in the message and they don't realize that they're inbred with this. And they say, well, I'll walk away. As the one sister, I hope this is okay. All right. Sister come to me and said, like, she's like drifting away. I'm like, sister, what's the problem? Like, well, I believe the Bible, but I don't like that Branham stuff. I'm like, okay. What's the Branham stuff? Like that holiness stuff of not cutting hair and stuff like, I, hey, 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 let me tell you. William Branham did not bring the revelation of holiness. That was John Wesley. Hundred something years ago, John Wesley had a a, a message of holiness. Without holiness, no man will see God. That's the Bible. It's an abomination for a woman to wear a garment that pertains to man. Oh, that's Old Testament. No, he brings it right to the New Testament and calls it effeminate. These cross-dressers back and forth, just because in our society we've accepted the fact that a woman can wear a man's pair of garment, and we, we haven't quite accepted that a, woman, a man wearing a miniskirt, oh, that's weird. No, it's no more weird than a woman wearing a garment that pertains to a man. It's all sin. Yeah. The Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Amen, we need to be separate from the world. That's what Jesus was. The Bible says he was separate from sinners. Don't let everybody, anybody, I, I had a minister friend, and it, it, when, when you see somebody try to bring Jesus down, and he said, and he, I said, no, brother, no. He said, Jesus lost his temper when he, when, he, when he cursed the fig tree. I'm like, brother, no, wait, wait. I don't know, your revelation's wrong because the Bible says he's separate from sinners. He was not a sinner. He was tempted, but he wasn't a sinner. Amen, I believe we need to lift up Jesus Christ. Here we are, verse number two. By which also you are saved, if ye keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. It's so important that you understand that Paul was saying you're saved by the gospel, and the gospel, Jesus died according to the scriptures. What we believe comes from the scriptures. So it's not, I wish Brother Ed would just change his idea on on our dress and our hair. 
<laughs> it's written black and white. I tell my boys, hey, if daddy dies, it's still the word of God. I'm just here to speak the word of God. It's not Brother Daniel bringing his ideas. It's the word of God. He goes on to say, and he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. We must realize that we're saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ. The death, burial, and re resurrection of Christ. And that's what each one of us have to walk the same walk. You have to have a death to self, be buried in water baptism, and raised in newness of life, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs> Amen. In our preaching, we need to consider him in our singing. Brother Branham, I tell you, there's no one that lifted up Jesus Christ like William Branham and his ministry. Remember, he went beyond the curtain of time and the, he said, I want to see Jesus. He said, he's higher. Jesus is always higher. Amen. I was thinking about Brother Branham preached a whole message called God's chosen place of worship is in Jesus Christ, a place he chose to put his name. Not in a denomination, not in a creed, even around our message, we get little titles and you're either in this camp or this camp. You know when Brother Ram said Methodist or Baptist or this, well I could add the other tags. Some of you are old enough to know those little tags. Brother was talking about at lunch, they put a little tag on you. And forget about the tags, we gotta come in the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit. And in that atmosphere of the Holy Spirit, amen, and that's why we get, well unless, are they in our, are they in our group, are they in our group? Are, they, are you with me today? It's not are you, in, are you in the spirit of God. By one spirit we're baptized into all, uh, into the body of Christ. Brother Ram said God has children in every one of those churches. Amen. Every one of those churches. Don't, be careful you don't pigeonhole and put people in there. I'm sorry I've just got, you know, I hear doctrine but then it's got, I got if I can't use it on Monday what good is it? I was in my office, I, I'm one mile from the Voice of God recordings, they do a great ministry sending the message around the world. And a man, a, a boy, a teenager, he walked in my office, he said, can you believe that some of those people go to church and all they do is listen to the tapes of William Branham? Can you believe that? I said, well, wait just a minute, young man. I said, when was the last time you sat down and listened to a sermon of William Branham? He's like, uh, uh, uh. I said, exactly. So maybe you need a little bit of what they have. And maybe that needs a little bit of this. And somewhere we need to find the balance of the road. So let's not throw people off and let's, let's hear the voice of God's prophet. All those preachers are trying to get you not. No, this preacher is saying you need to listen to God's prophet. And I'll say this. I haven't said it, talk to him. If you don't have a way of hearing God's prophet, you come see me or see Brother Ed and we'll find a way for you to listen to God's prophet. I know Brother Harold believes that because he's tried to uh, take the message all around the world and spread it to all the world. We believe that God sent a prophet in this day. Amen. I don't know where all that came from, but may it help us. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Philippians chapter 2. I didn't mark these in my Bible, so i got to find them. In Philippians chapter 2, verse number 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Brother M said this, you don't have a thought coming. You don't have, what do you think about abortion? I don't have a thought coming. I just take the Bible, thou shalt not kill. What do you think about this? Well, I, the Bible says that thy word, the entrance of thy word bringeth light. It, 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 it guides me. It, it, let the mind that was in Christ be in you, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Why we did not think it would be robbery to be equal with God? Because he was God. <laughs> 
It's not robbery to be equal with God. He was God. God manifested in the flesh. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. How's the other verse say, if you want to be the song, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, be a servant of all. The son of man came not to be ministered to, but to minister. Sometimes people get the wrong idea of ministry, and they think ministry is holding a a microphone. That's not ministry. That's a form of it. Ministry is finding the weakest place in the church that needs minister to and going and helping in that way. And if you define it as that, every one of us can be a minister of Jesus Christ. If it's something with the parking lot or the roof leaking, each one of us say, Lord, I want to be a minister. Not that I got, I'm not, unless I'm holding this might, I'm not. No, each one of us have a ministry. How does it say over in, in, in 1 Corinthians, I believe it's 12 there, he said there's, there, there's governments and there's helps. There's things that help. And even talking to Brother Ed and different ones of you helping and doing this, it's a ministry that God placed in the body. He goes on to say, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. Does your Bible say every? Every name. He's above every prophet. He's above Mary. He's above Brother Branham. He's above everyone. It's a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Amen. He's a name above every name. Praise be to God. I was thinking about that. First John, back by our emergency scripture. First John chapter 1, 9. I want to read verse 7. First John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. Because, oh, I love Jesus Christ. If we walk in the light, God's word is light. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And we have fellowship. But the minute you say, hey, I can smoke and I can still be a part of your young, young people, then the entrance of God's word bringeth light. The Bible says, he that destroys, uh, defiles his body, him will God destroy. Without holiness, no man will see, 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 see uh, without holiness, no man will see God. And there brings a separation. What fellowship has light with darkness? What fellowship have with with Christ with Belial? There is a separation. It brings a separation. Amen. I was thinking about that. And in verse, this is such a powerful chapter. 1 John chapter 2 verse 1. My little children, these things I write unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. What is an advocate? It's a whole sermon in and of itself. It's someone called alongside to help. It's an advocate. It's when your spiritual life gets down in the mud or in the snow. We have an advocate. We have someone to go and pull us back up on the road. Aren't you thankful that God made a way? Amen. You say, well, Brother Daniel, I made a mistake. Well, he was, bru- he was wounded for our transgressions. And he was bruised for our iniquities. What is iniquity? To knowing to do good and doing it anyway. So the devil will come and say, look, you made a mistake and you knew better than to do it. And you've sinned away your day of grace. But back in Isaiah chapter 53, he said he was bruised for your iniquities. And before you ever did it, he paid the price for it. 
Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. That ought to just bring such a faith. Amen. Does it give you a license to sin? Well, if I knew that, Brother Daniel, I'd just go paint the town red. Then you really never got a revelation. You never fell in love with Jesus Christ because you would never want to hurt him. But he says if we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. And he is a propitiation for our sins and not ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Hey Amen. This is a powerful blood. In the seals, Brother Bram said, there was a Clorox, amen, that could cleanse a man from sin. Amen. And, and what is it? Revelation chapter 5, John looked and he said, there was no man worthy. Amen. To take the book and to open the seals. And John began to weep. And he began to cry because all of creation was lost. They had offered sacrifices for 4,000 years. The blood of bulls and goats. Looking and it never took it away. But it covered the sins and it rolled it all the way up here. And then John got here and there's nobody worthy to take the book. And John wept. Because the whole creation was lost. It was over. And then he heard a voice that said, weep not, John. For the lion of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed. I've got the quote here. I missed, I jumped over, but I feel the Holy Spirit taking me back. He said, he hath prevailed. And Brother Branham says this in the seals. Prevail means to wrestle with and to overcome. Oh my, the garden of Gethsemane, when his blood dropped out of his face, he was overcoming. And Christ was, the Bible says he looked to see a, lamb, a lion, but he saw a lamb as he had been slain. He was slain for my sins. He was slain for your sins that would take away the sins of the world, not cover up, but take away our sins. Oh, the scripture is so powerful. If you believe the word of God and never let the devil move you off of the scripture, it will strengthen your faith. As my wife sang this song this morning, the word of God will defeat the devil any place, anywhere, anytime. Brother Bam says in the church age book, he said a Christian is no stronger than their knowledge to the word of God. I want to know the word of God and I can defeat the devil. The Bible says in Romans 8 chapter, the 8th chapter verse 1, there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. You got condemnation in your life. I know the cure for it. Get deeper in Christ Jesus. Get submerged. And we said, oh, it's a little bit of water. It's a little. No, you need to get in Christ Jesus till all the condemnation is gone and you're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we had a prophet come in our day and said, you're justified. What is justification? Not like Luther brought it with, to, to protest, and, but just as if you never done it. What a great revelation, the opening of the seals. He looks at, what is it, invisible union? It's just as if you never sinned in the first place. That's a powerful blood. That's a powerful blood. Many of us don't believe it because we say, oh God, forgive me, and just cover it up. But to really believe that God never, he, he, never, he can't see it. You never did it in the first place. Oh, we need an experience, a deeper experience in Jesus Christ. And really cause a love relationship that he loves us. Amen. When he had his son and, and realized what the, 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 the passion that he has for redemption. He told Adam and Eve, said, look, you can be in the, partake of all the trees, but don't treat a, eat of the tree of good and knowledge. And then when they did, and he's walking through the garden saying, Adam, where art thou? Where are you? Where are you? You ever been there? I've been there. <laughs> And you're just hiding. I don't want to go to church. <laughs> I don't want to go to church. 
And God's saying, where are you? Where are you? God's running through the, Adam, Adam, where are you? And Adam's over here hiding somewhere. He's looking, he thought a murderer was coming to kill him because he said, the day you eat there, and he thought a murderer was coming to kill But it was the grace of God saying, Adam, it was part of the plan. I've got a way back. I've got a way of redemption back. Oh, listen to the message, the cruelty of sins. Brother Branham said God went out and slayed the lamb. He threw the skins back into the, into the bushes and they put those skins on. He said they come out with the blood flapping against their sides. Listen to the message, it's powerful. Probably by a vision, Brother Branham seeing Adam and Eve walking out in shame and the skins of the bloody skins flapping against their legs. God had made a way back. Aren't you glad he made a way back for you? When you made a mistake somewhere, it wasn't the end. God came looking for you. Jesus. How that ought to make us love him tonight. You know, I'm just thinking about this because another sermon just comes to mind. I don't have time to preach all my sermons, but I want you to listen to this. When the angels fell, there is no record of God having any plan of redemption for the angels. Lucifer falls, he falls, he said, I'll exalt my kingdom above. There's nothing. But when a son of God falls, God comes running through the garden. Adam, where are you? I've got a way back, Adam. I made a way. I'm going to cover these sins down through, but I'm going to come one day, and I'm going to take on flesh. Great is the mystery of Godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. Oh, I tell you, do you have a revelation of the oneness? You want me to preach the Trinity real easy for you? Here's the Trinitarian version, okay? There was an old man, the old gray-haired guy, came out with this plan, created a world, had people on it. First little bit, they all messed up. And he said, son, go down there and die for those people. I know it's a mess, but you, son, you go down there and die for those people. (sighs) And then I'll have this little dove flapping around. He'll help you when you get in trouble. Just ask that dove to come over and help you. It doesn't make sense. I wouldn't ask my son to go die for a mess that I created. I'd go fix it myself. And that's what the Bible says. Great is the mystery of godliness. Is it 2 Timothy 3.16? Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. John 1.1. Verse 14. And the Word became flesh. And he dwelt among us. And he was with Peter. Maybe I can influence Peter. And he realized, look, this isn't working. He still cussing, denies me. Peter, I'm going to go away. And I'm going to come and I'm going to live in you. If I go away, I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. And Peter, I'm going to give you a power. That will give you the power to stop cussing. And stop denying Jesus Christ. Well, predestinated. No, he was predestinated. But he needed an infilling of the spirit of God into his life. And every one of us need it. We need an infilling of the Spirit of God, times and experiences with the God. I believe in experiences with God. I'll, I'll say this. Men of God didn't just have one experience, but experience after experience, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they returned to Bethel, and they were always building altars, places where men went, and they prayed, and they talked to God. We need men that will have times like that. I'm not saying that just out of saying that. I'm talking about places that I go in my life and I've had experience with God. I say, right here, God, at a church, say, right there, God delivered me of that. 
Another experience over here, and I told you about the golf course, right out on the golf greens. They're nice and smooth. Try it sometime. Get out there at night and lay on that thing and pray. Say, God, help me, God. Give me strength. Give me wisdom. We need experiences with Jesus Christ. He wants you to have it more than you want to have it. There's one thing he desired. He desired fellowship, brother Ed. That was the one thing Jesus prayed in the garden, that they may be well, we might have fellowship together. How many times, you know, people are like, ding, I'm lonely, ding, text, text, text. Do you think God just sits up there? I wish somebody would come talk to me. I wish somebody would have fellowship with me. I died on the cross for them. I want to have fellowship with them. And, they, and those hands that were supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit and lay hands on the sick, it's all tied up with Tell you, you get a revelation of that. Say, Lord, help me to come back to my purpose. I got to use it for business and whatever it is, but Lord, let these hands be hands that touch and they heal. You want to just jump over to the mark of the beast? Mark in the hand, in your head. Brother Ram, they were looking for uh, an actual mark, and Brother Ram said, no, no. It's the revelation in your head and what you put your hand to do. It's time that we let our mark, our revelation be known. My mark is for Jesus Christ. How do they say it? To, to reject the mark of God is to take the mark of the beast. The mark of the, of, of, of the beast is, is unbelief. The seal of God is belief in God's word. Let our revelation be manifest. And let my hand put a long dress on and let it put my hand and you can see what my mark is and the revelation is my hand and what I put it to. You think I'm going to go help a Catholic church do a bunco and back the beer truck up to their church? Not over your dead body or my dead body. Because i got a purpose in life. I'm going to further the kingdom. But if somebody calls and says, Brother Daniel, we're sick. Can you come over and pray? That's what I was ordained to do is come and pray for sick people. Brother Ram says this, and he goes back. He uses the electronics of the world. He said that science has taken, and they put a piece of foil between a minister and somebody that was sick. And they said they scientifically measured that a light, an energy, went from the believer to the sick individual. Are you with me today? By science. And there's a light in the believer that's transmitted when they lay their hands on people. A Catholic, brother sent me the thing, the article, the Catholic priest believe we should be together and have our, be together in fellowship. And, and you see why we assemble ourselves together? And there's a light that's transmitted between us. Do you believe that today? Oh, just let the Holy Spirit, let this message do something to you. Let it just charge you. Don't walk away from it. Say, no, I can't walk away from something I've experienced. Like my little son had the accident and got shook and he shook. He'll never get away from that experience. The devil tried to drag you out there and say, no, I was in that service that day when the Holy Spirit touched my life. And I couldn't overcome this. I couldn't overcome that. But in that presence, it went away from me. Do you know what I'm talking about? You can never deny an experience of the supernatural in your life. The greatest miracle is, in my life is right here. When I couldn't overcome this man, and I said, Lord, I cannot do this. And he said, let me touch you. I tell you what, nothing Jesus Christ ever touched was the same. It was changed. It didn't matter if the blind man, it doesn't matter if there's a dead man. It didn't matter who it is. When Jesus Christ touched it, it was changed. We need the Holy Spirit to touch us. God, will you touch me, Lord? Jesus went about, let's just stop and deal with some video games, all right? <laughs> My mother never let us play those things. And because there's a spirit behind it. There's a spirit behind Jesus as he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
The whole thing of video games, you know, those seek, kill, and destroy, seek, kill, and destroy, seek, and I could, you know, this is my opinion, I could be wrong, maybe they will come out with a video game of Jesus going about doing good and healing the blind man and healing this. Would you like to be Jesus today as the, uh, and go about and pray for them and they will get up and let's do Lazarus and they, you think that's going to happen? No, there's a spirit behind it, seek, kill, and destroy, and the blood and the, and can you imagine that spirit coming on a young man and his desire? to see how many people he can kill today. You go back and study Sandy Hook. Do you know that? And where he went in there. And the boy sat in a basement with the high resolution thing and, went and did, played the video games. And then when he stepped out of that world, he stepped into the real world. And they, they figured it out by the video game because he was doing triple taps like the military. And so what he was doing in his game, he just went out and carried it out. It's a spirit. I say, Lord, I need the Holy Spirit. Lord, I was put on this earth to go about doing good and healing those who are oppressed by the devil. The Bible says, let the mind that was in Christ be inside of you. We got to sometimes change our minds. The Bible says, be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of our mind. God, change my mind. Change the way I think. Maybe you weren't raised in a Christian home. I had the privilege of being raised in a Christian home, but maybe you didn't. Brother Branham didn't have the privilege of doing that. And he had to let the mind of Christ come inside of him when his mother told him, taught him that the unpardonable sin was somebody having an abortion. And Brother Branham was taught by the Holy Spirit. No, it's not that. It's someone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit and speaks against the Holy Ghost. So, you know, if you, if you are raised in a Christian home, you should go to your parents tonight and say, thank you for cutting down all the trees and paving this road. And I just go to church and worship God and freedom of the Holy Spirit. But somebody before us paved the way for us. We should be respectful. This is a generation that's unrespectful and they're unthankful. Let it not be us. We should be the most thankful people. I'm thankful for my shoes today. I'm thankful for my belt. I'm thankful for a glass of water. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for my Bible. I'm thankful for this country, the freedoms that we We should be thankful and appreciate like the people in the military. Freedom is not free. Freedom is not free. Somebody went and fought and shed their blood so we could have the freedoms. My grandfather was in, in World War II and, and fought. To, we could have freedom. My wife's grandfather was in France and they, he was a paratrooper and they dropped him in World War II and he just dropped them down. I think half of them died. They just landed in the trees. They were just in parachutes. They just went down and they just strafed them out. Of, it's not free. Somebody gave their life. And even the brothers, maybe they, is there anybody that's been in the military? Raise your hands. Anybody in here? Maybe our brother here. A little young man got his hand up there. He's about five years old. <laughs> God bless him. God bless my brother that's, that's made or whatever capacity it is. Not everybody's shooting a gun. Maybe they're keeping the planes up or refueling or whatever it is. God bless those people. I made it a practice in my heart. When I go into a, a restaurant and I see a military guy, I'm paying for his meal because I didn't have to go fight. I didn't have to take away from my family. We've got brothers in our church on the, on the, over in the Iraqi war and those different wars and they're hearing. Maybe they lose their hearing. Maybe they got post-traumatic syndrome and they, it affects their life. Why do they have the, uh, listen to me, you'll look at military people different. Why do they have that ailment? Maybe they were missing a limb so that I could have the freedom to stand here and preach the gospel. We should appreciate those people. And not only the people in the world's army, but what about God's army? Men that have given their life and laid their life down. I can tell you there's men of God that have given everything, not for money or popularity or those things, but to give their life to help God's sheep. We should be respectful. The Bible says this, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. 
I made that mistake twice in my life. I have those scars in my life what I didn't do that right. And I went back to those, and I went back and apologized for not doing it right. May God help us to take the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And you may be right, and you've got all the quotes, and you've got, but in, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. May God help us today. We're covering a lot of ground, and I don't know how to, <laughs> just uh, Lord help us. I'm going to skip over some of this just for the sake of time. David said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. During the pandemic, man, everything got upside down. We had a little business and, man, it just, it was working with people and it went from 100, went to zero. My son started a roofing company and I went and worked for him. And I remember one day I was driving in this thing and I had to go check on this roof and I drove in. As soon as I drove in, it started pouring down raining. And the man just come out of his house and it's pouring down rain. And I grabbed my umbrella and I run out there. And directly we, we just had to run. He had a garage, a barn. And we ran into this barn. And we're standing here. You know, 60 seconds later I was in my car. Now it's pouring down raining. And I'm standing in this barn with this man looking at this roof. And we start talking a little bit. And I start talking about the Lord. And a few minutes later he's, he's like, I don't want to die. I thought, Lord, it's not about the rain. It's not about that roof. It's about this man's soul. Because one soul is worth 10 million worlds. And I begin to talk to the man. He's like, well, I don't want to die. I mean, he's getting older. He said, I don't want to die. I'm afraid I'll come back as, a, as an animal or something. I, he said, other people are evil in the world. And he believed in reincarnation. You would come back as a bug or a, a bad dog or something like that. And he was afraid of that. And I began to think about that, and I was thinking about that, and I, I just began to talk to him. You know, you can read a lot of books about, but why not take the Bible? The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, but Christ died that we could not go to a devil's hell. I was thinking about that. He said, because I live, you can live also. He said, Daniel, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Oh, don't you love the scriptures? Oh, I love the word of God. Somebody passes away. The Bible says, blessed in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his saints. And it gives us an opportunity to renew our faith where Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. As you get older, these scriptures become more and more precious to you. Either it's true or it's not true. And if I believe for him to take away my sins and that was true, how much more are the rest of the scriptures true? And he said, Daniel, I'm going and prepare a place for you. That where I am, I... You can be. And I will come again and receive you unto myself. What is that? St. John 15 there. Those are scriptures as we grow older. Those mean more and more to us. There's another scripture. Revelation chapter 21. I hope this is okay. This is just not just a PowerPoint presentation. This is the Holy Spirit leading us through our lives and saying, what, what do, maybe we're older. You know, there's only one gospel. We don't have a youth gospel and an old people's gospel and a middle age. It's all one gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Only one Bible, Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. He said, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And I love this verse. I hold it very dear to my heart. And God shall wipe away all their tears from their eyes. You don't have to say anything, but have you been through some really tough times in your life? And maybe you went to bed and the tears came down of your eyes. I don't have it here. I want a, another sermon. Brother Branham, they think 
The angel of the Lord came down in 1933. As John the Baptist forerun my first coming, you will forerun my second coming. People think, man, he just walked out of there and walked back to his church. And No, it's not the way it happened. That was 1933. The angel didn't appear to him until 1946, 13 years later. He just went back to his little Baptist church and worked and, and, and went through, carried on his life. And after the flood in 1937, the angel of the Lord come down and measured the, the, the 30, 22 feet above Spring Street. That's right where we, in Jeffersonville, 22 feet the angel measured and the flood came up 22 feet. You think, my, with the vindication, what a, what a powerful man this was. He probably just walked around and, and just, no, that's not the way it was. His wife got tuberculosis and she died because he disobeyed the Lord Jesus. And then six days later, I believe it was, you can listen to it and uh, read it in the messenger book that Sister Angela Smith, George Smith's daughter, put together. There's a book called The Messenger, and she goes through the things that happened in their life and the dates and all those things. But six days later, so they put the mother in the grave. Six days later, the child uh, dies, and they go to bury the baby with the mother. And she says in there, according to the, the man that was driving the hearse, that William Branham was in so much grief, he could not even get out of the car and walk to the gravesite. And he was just so, he couldn't even walk. He was so, uh, Brother Ed, in, in the book, their account, was the, the, it must have been the, 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 the man driving the hearse, that this man was so uh, um, bowed down with grief, he couldn't walk. And he said it was, a, it was a, uh, like they were ashamed to look at this man. It says the audience was, was ashamed to look at him because he was under so much grief. And you see, you think this ministry was just a great ministry. No, the Bible says, remember Isaiah 53, that Jesus Christ was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And now he's molding a messenger who is a man of sorrows and he's acquainted with deep grief in his life. And when he's in the hospital, was it, is it how the angel came to me and his little baby and his suffering and his eyes had crossed and it's like this and it's laying there and the flies flying around. And Brother, Branham, Brother Billy Paul says that it had such an impact at Brother, Brother Branham that he could have such compassion. He said there wasn't one cross-eyed baby that ever came across the platform, but he would pray for them. How's the one time he said he, the person was standing there with the, the baby and he put his hands on his, the man's back like this and the baby's eyes, and he took his hands and did it like this. And when he did his hands like that, the eyes just came straight. Amen, a man that had compassion in his heart. Amen, the high priest was look, moving a son of man ministry. Not William Branham healing, Jesus Christ was the healer. But here was a man that had such a connection and such a compassion. But if he had that compassion, what about you in your life? Who would have a better compassion for a baby but a mother? Amen, that would have compassion or another brother going, somebody going through it or maybe a minister that's going through. Sometimes ministers make mistakes and I've learned this. You don't have to go correct God's man. That's God's man. God will correct him. And I gotta say this honestly. I've seen God correct his men and I've covered my face, brother, and I've said, God, would you really correct your servant that much? Would you really be that direct in, in, your, in your correction? And I learned from that, it's not my job to correct God's children. He will correct his own children. He, he, you know, he always corrects, he always does everything right. It's not our job as sheep to go correct everything in the church. I'll fix this, I'll fix this. No, our Heavenly Father sees all, and he's a great judge, and he will correct it all. Let's just stay in our lane. I don't know where this is coming from, but when you get on the interstate, you can do great things at 70 or 80 miles an hour. I don't know what that is. It's kilometers, maybe 100 kilometers if you stay in your lane. 
It's really amazing. You can roll down a window and talk to somebody at 100 kilometers together if you stay in your lane. But when something starts happening, listen to me, and you get out of your lane, it's a catastrophe. And there's a lot of uh, morbid things and fatalities that happen when people get out of their lane. Oh, Lord Jesus. Didn't know you were going to traffic school, did you? Say, Lord, let me just stay in my lane. Lord, let me take care of my husband and my children. We'll let the pastor and the deacons take care of that other problem. Lord, that's not in my lane. That's their responsibility, not my responsibility. And God will do it all right. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Get back there. He shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. There shall be no more deaths, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. Oh, I believe these verses. Some people come in the prayer line this morning. We were praying. The prophet of God taught us, preached a message called the deep calling to the deep. You can't have a deep calling until there's already a deep to respond. You can't be thirsty and have a desire for water until there's already water and you have a thirst for that which exists. And you can't have a desire for God unless there's a God there that is actually calling you, Adam, Adam. Maybe you got a burden. You say, I wish there's a place I could just lay this down. I've carried this for so long. I've carried this guilt. Or maybe you've had abuse in your life and you've carried that. You've carried it. You say, I can't carry it. Well, that's what the Bible says. Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Cast all your cares upon me, for I care for you. You know, I'm a real simple person. I'm kind of a visual person. So sometimes in life you have to do visual things like drive a stake down and you say, I'm tired of carrying this and the Bible says, cast your cares upon me and you maybe write a piece of paper and you write it is and you take it over and say, Lord, I'm symbolically casting my care upon you. I am not carrying that anymore, Lord. That's yours, Lord Jesus. I can't carry guilt and I can't carry condemnation, Lord. I'm giving it to you. Is that what he said? He said, come unto me and cast your cares for I care for you. We sing that little song, there's no one that cared for me like Jesus. You know, maybe you're in this life and you never had anybody love you. It's the most powerful force in the world. I can remember in second grade sitting there and somebody, uh, a girl in higher grade was sitting and she was tutoring me and I can remember sitting there and thinking, you know what, this person really cares about me. This person loves me and they care about my, have you ever felt that in your life? You like, this person really cares. You know, I've come a long way, but I trust you can feel that I love you and I care about every one of you. And if I love you that much, how much more does the Lord Jesus Christ love you? How do I know that he loves me? When he hung on the cross and hung his hands up there. I can tell you, brothers and sisters, it wasn't the nails that held him on that cross. Brother Ram said the angels were all around him just looking for him to move his finger. He said, just move your finger, just do this, and I'll annihilate the whole race. I'll wipe them off the face of the earth. But the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53, he saw his seed. You believe you're a seed of God? It wasn't the nails that held him there. It was his seed. 
Brother John, he saw us in 2022 that we needed a Savior and we needed a Redeemer. Amen. And when he cried, it is finished. Amen. That voice has been echoing through the eternities. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. It's, it's echoing here today. If we'll get a revelation, it's finished. Your sins are paid for. He paid for your healing. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. He bore our sorrows. Amen. He bore our sickness. Oh, may God reveal himself to us today. I don't know how to close here. Amen. So many things. Consider Christ Jesus. I'm just going to read this quote. I don't know what time that thing starts. I look up there for the time, but it says, Sirs, we would see Jesus. (laughs) Sirs, we would see Jesus. There's something more important about time. We want to see Jesus. We want to see Jesus. I don't want to see people walk away from the most vindicated message in the world. I want them to see Jesus. I want them to experience the love of God and realize when they come to church, it's just not a cold formal, yeah, we do this and we do this and then we, no, you come into the presence of God and they say, that thing is real. I may not be able to live it, but when I go into the presence of God, I feel God's presence and I've gone in that church and the Holy Spirit has spoke directly to my sin what I'm doing and I know that God is a discerner and he's got my number. That's what we need to experience when we come to Church of God. We need to experience the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, blessed be his name. Have you considered Christ Jesus? Christ means the anointed one. The Christ for our day. Brother Rand preaches a message called the indictment. I indict you for the second crucifixion of Christ. I'm just going to stop right here, okay? I know we're touching a lot of different things. People are like, oh, prophets make mistakes. What you think is a mistake may be something that God's doing that you don't know about. So way back in the day, remember Moses, he smote the rock and water came out. Then later they were there and God told him, he said, you speak to the rock and and cause the water to come out. Well, what did Moses do? He took his stick and he smote the rock. That man seemingly made a mistake. Brother Branham comes 4,000 years later and preaches a message called, I indict this generation for the second crucifixion of Jesus Christ. He said, wasn't one crucifixion enough that you've crucified my Lord? You've smote him and crucified the effects of Jesus Christ. And what we thought was a mistake in Moses' day was actually God causing a prophet to preach, I indict this generation for crucifying and smiting Jesus Christ, the word of God, and crucifying and bringing him to an open shame. Can you see that? And what we thought was a mistake was all in God's plans. So when people say, oh, this is a mistake, just, just leave it lay there. Brother Random, he's prophesying. Most of what he said was prophecy. He preaches the message, the handwriting on the wall. Listen to that message. It's like you could turn on the news today, and he's saying the boatloads of soldiers will come to America with all your rock and roll parties, and this and this and this and this. And he said they'll actually shoot a satellite. I don't know if you saw. We're way. Uh, the, the, I think it was the um, the Chinese had run that hypersonic thing all the way around the world. So we have our radar things that go off on the on the edge, the missile defense off to the coast, and something shot in it. it, it but they said this goes in orbit around the earth. At any time, they can be in the middle of the USA and just shoot the missile down. There's nothing that will protect us from it. Brother Branham said they'll take America without firing a shot. 
And you see this, there's no defense again. We're totally defenseless. He said there's heathen, heathen, ungodly men. Every day they're trying to connive a way to destroy America. And here we are laughing and having parties and our whatever those red carpet things is and the, and the, and the sports. My wife and I were the other day, we were in some place and we're thinking about this war and people losing their lives. People just laughing and joking and going on. No, it's serious. We live in a serious time. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, for the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour you. He wants to devour your mind, your young people, your morals. He wants to devour you. We're not playing church. We're not playing patty cake. We're in a, uh, we're in a battle. And we got to consider Christ Jesus. Listen to this. I, 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 I referenced it last night. This is the message anointed ones at the end time. Brother M said, now I want you to know this is sure, and you that listen to this tape, you might have thought today that I was trying to say that about myself, being that I was packing this message. I have no more to do with it than nothing, no more than just a voice. This is at the end of the message, Anointed Ones at the End Time in 1965. He said, and my voice, even against my better judgment, I wanted to be a trapper, but it's the will of my Father that I declare to do and, and determine to do. I wasn't the one that appeared down on the river. I was only standing there when he appeared. Oh, if the critics could listen to this, he just said, I'm just a vessel. I'm just a man. He chose, had to have somebody to be Malachi for fulfillment. He just said, I have nothing to do with this. He said, I wanted to be a trapper. He said, I wasn't the one that appeared on the river. I was only standing there when he appeared. I'm not the one that performs these things and foretells these things that happens as perfect as they are. I'm only one that's near when he does it. I was only a voice that he used to say it. It wasn't what I knew. It's what I surrendered myself to that he spoke through. It wasn't me. It wasn't the seventh angel. Oh, no. It was the manifestation of the Son of Man. It wasn't the angel, his message. It was the mystery that God unfolded. It's not a man. It's God. Oh, where's that at? It's back in Exodus. He told Moses and Aaron, he said, he'll be God to you and you be his spokesman. He said, it's, it's God. The angel is not the Son of Man. He was the messenger from the Son of Man. The Son of Man is Christ. He is the one that you're feeding on. You're not feeding on the body, on a man. A man, his words will fail, but you're feeding on the unfailing body word of the Son of Man. Praise the Lord. You say, Brother Daniel, I don't understand all that. Just keep listening to the message. Just keep listening to it. You know, I transverse a lot of different groups of people, and every one of them just about is throwing me out, but that's okay, because they say, you're this, or you're this, or you live in Jeffersonville, so therefore you're of that, or you go, so then you're not of us, and you're just, but it's okay, you just have to know what you believe in, down in your heart. People are like, well, you don't preach the revelation of people, like, well, they don't see the revelation, but if they're listening to God's prophet, aren't they getting the revelation? of the future home and Christ the mystery of God revealed and serpent seed and the God of this evil age. They may not understand all of what's going on with the Son of Man ministry, but they're hearing that voice, line upon line and word upon word. Praise the Lord. I like, the, I like this message because it takes us back to the scriptures. What we believe comes from the Bible. Listen to me, young people. There was a man called Joseph Smith. I think it was in Ohio Pennsylvania that an angel came to him. That's where the Seventh-day Adventists come from. I'm sorry, the Mormons. And they have a huge, if you go to Salt Lake City, they have a huge temple and a great story how Jesus died, he rose again, came to South America, came up and, 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 he, and he came to Joseph Smith. 
And Brother Branham said this. He said, I don't doubt that an angel spoke to Joseph Smith, but what he spoke to Joseph Smith was contrary to the Bible. And so we have a prophet come in our day. We didn't have to write, rewrite the Bible. We have to believe the Bible. And the seventh church age messenger, the angel never had one message of himself. He said his message was to go get all the loose ends. Listen to me right here. Get all the loose ends of all the other people and bring the truths together. And God vindicated it with the pillar of fire. So Martin Luther had a truth, the just shall live by faith, but Martin Luther believed that the, 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 the Jews were the Antichrist, said we ought to round them all up and kill them all. Brother Branham actually said that Hitler caught his spirit in Germany and, and, and carried out what, what Martin Luther thought, and, and that's what happened in World War II in killing the Jews. And so the prophet went and got the truce that they had. There was people at the identity, is this okay, Brother Ed? There was people that taught the serpent seed, the identity people believed in the serpent seed, but they believed that the colored people were the serpent seed. Brother Brandon went and got the truth of the serpent seed, but he said, no, our colored brother, we're brothers. The Bible says we're of one blood of all nations. We can give a blood transfusion. They're not, they're not serpent seed. It's your faith that shows whether you're serpent seed or not. That was the one thing. Remember, God said to Cain, he said, if you'll offer the sacrifice, you'll do well. That's the mark of the serpent seed. They could not obey the word of God. They, Cain could not obey the word of God. Today, how what would it? They could not be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. They refused to take holiness out of their Bible. Don't try to force it. You, the sunlight doesn't change the seed; it just manifests what's in the seed. And Jesus said, "Blessed are your eyes, for they see. Amen. Blessed are your ears, for they hear." Maybe just a one more. You know, I'm trying to close here. I got a big note. It says skip, so I'm going to skip all of that. <laughs> Y'all are happy when a minister does that, right? We're changing. We were talking about the brothers the other day, the old days. You come in, a brother had a stack of books this big. I don't know, any, Brother Clark, you remember that? They have a stack of books this good. As a young person, I just passed out. because like, oh, my goodness. We're not done until he reads out of it. And he'd read one and set it. And you're like, okay. And you go to sleep and you come back. And he's like, okay, we're almost done. <laughs> And I, you know, sometimes, and God bless them, those people they studied, and I appreciate it. They knew their message. I, I don't know if our young people know the message as well as those men had their books and they highlighted and, and all of that. And so God bless those pioneers that paved the way for us. But we were talking the other day, Brother Harold and was to lunch with us and Brother Ed, and we were talking about people that maybe have made detours and these things come close to home, people that we know maybe been close to us and then they make a detour and they maybe don't see the message and it's a revelation. It's revealed to a person. It's, and God is building a church based on revelation, not by knowledge, not by association being born in the church, but it's by revelation and it's not revealed to everyone this message and sometimes you can, there's only one sin and that's to uh, speak evil of the Holy Spirit. I, I'm just gonna slow down, I'll feel the Holy Spirit leading us right here. That's why you should never force something on somebody and cause them to blaspheme. If God, you know, Lot couldn't see what Abraham was seeing 
And Abraham was praying for him, but Lot was Lot and Abraham was Abraham. Abraham couldn't make excuses for who he was, sitting and listening to Elohim's voice and the discernment. He was right there in that, in that place. And so I've had minister brothers that, that ministered and they were close to me. They were mentors of me. And, and then all of a sudden they made a, 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 a detour and, and kind of went a different direction. And people that you really had confidence in. I had one friend and he would, um, we would go to youth camp as a young person have experiences with God. And I remember him walking up the side and coming behind the, the platform. He said, now you've had an experience with God, but unless you get into this message and listen to the revelation of this message, you'll just backslide and go back out into the world. And I took that man's, ver- his advice, and I got in the message and started studying that man's message, and uh, the, the prophet's message, and it, and it caused me to have faith and, and be upright. And, and, li- and I stayed at the man's house, stayed in his basement. Every night he was listening to God's prophet. Had an influence on my life, and I'm so thankful for that influence in my life and and then later he just took a detour and went went I'm like what is that 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 wait wait you, that's you're, well, how can you leave the bible and I was like Lord how do I get an analogy how, how what's and the Holy Spirit brought me back to this analogy you know when Jesus uh, Zechariah 9 9 it says that behold your king cometh to Israel sitting on the 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 foal uh, on, on an ass and and coming there and, and so it was a prophecy and Jesus comes and they went and got him and Jesus actually had discernment, right? He said, you go into the city and there'll be a donkey and an ass sitting there and you get him, tell your owner that the master has need of him. He had discernment. And we see a ministry in this day. Let me just say this. Be really careful that you don't distance yourself from a ministry that's exactly like Jesus Christ's ministry. Jesus said in the book of Revelation, I'm the alpha and the omega, the first and the last. He didn't say he was everything in between with men's ideas. He said, I'm the first and I'm the last. And all of a sudden we have a ministry that exactly matches the ministry of Jesus Christ. So when you do away with the ministry of William Branham, where's the alpha and where's the omega that matches it exactly? I've been looking, I haven't been able to find it, Brother Ed. And that's why I have this. That's why I believe this. I haven't found anything better. And if there was something better, I'm 54, 53, two weeks or something, I'll be 54. I'm getting to be elderly. And if there was something better, I would be there. But this is the best thing that I know of on the face of the earth. Zechariah 9.9. Behold, your king comes sitting. And so this donkey, he's, he's there. And never, the Bible says he never had a, anyone sit on his back. Right? I'd love to preach a sermon right there in old nature. You ever try to get on a donkey? It just bucks you off, right? But now the creator comes and gets on this nature and he never bucks we've got natures we're born with an evil nature and it does evil things we just be like a donkey say lord if you can control the nature of that donkey that never had lord you can control my nature lord you can bring me into subjection lord let me i'm smarter than a donkey lord i'm a son of god you controlled his nature it's he made the bucket and you just went and you're the creator and you subdued him and just wrote him lord you can take control of my nature so here's this donkey he's got him on the back they're going through like hosanna blessed is he that comes in the name of the lord and they're throwing their coat down hosanna hosanna they're coming down he's walking the donkey and they got him down there and put it in hosanna hosanna well, Jesus wasn't touching the coats. It was the donkey. And all of a sudden, the donkey got a revelation. You know what? They're talking about me. Hosanna. They're not putting their coats down for him. It's me. I'm the touching. The, I'm touching this. This is, listen to me right now. This is an analogy. They're touching me. It's me. 
And all of a sudden his head began to swell. I've got a ministry. I've got a ministry. I, I'm a great, I'm, Zachariah, I'm, and I've, I'm the one. And, I, and all of a sudden, listen to me real close here. There came a time where that donkey's ministry separated from the son of man's ministry. And they took that donkey and put him in a stall. There was a board here and a board on both sides. He just stood there. And it wasn't about him. It was about what he was carrying. And I see minister friends that went down. They thought, oh, I have a great man. I'm somebody. I'm. And then they separate from the son of man word of God that came in our day. And they're just another YouTube minister out there on the internet somewhere. Oh, but I tell you, Jesus Christ, when they separ- he separated from it, he just went right on and started fulfilling scripture. Amen. He went and became the redeemer. He rose again. He sent his holy. And it moved right on. It was the son of man ministry coming our day. I say, I want to stay with Jesus Christ. I don't want to have donkey mentality and just be another internet preacher. Amen. I want to have the anointing of Jesus Christ in my life. I want to be hearing the son of man ministry ministering to me. And this ministry will turn our hearts back to the faith of our fathers. To believe all things are possible. You believe God can multiply food? You believe God can make you walk on water? You believe God can take you through the fire? You believe God can create a squirrel? You all must be listening to the ministry of William Branham. All things are possible to them that believe. Praise the Lord. I was thinking about that just as we come to a close. Consider Christ Jesus. I don't know what you're going through in your life. Maybe you got a financial need. I say tonight, why don't you consider Christ Jesus? Not just Jesus, Christ Jesus, the anointed Jesus Christ. Not a dead story of many years ago. He's alive and well. Maybe you've got a career move that you've got to make in your life. The Bible says the footsteps of the righteous, they're ordered by the Lord. Commit your way unto the Lord and he will direct your path. Amen, we need to spend time in prayer. I'll say this right here. Never make a major decision in your life outside of the presence of God. I'm gonna say that again. Never make a major decision in your life outside of the presence of God. Moses made a major decision in the presence of God. Paul made a life-changing decision in the presence of Almighty God. And that's where we should make our decisions. Not in a moment of haste. Well, I'm so mad, I'm gonna quit this job. I'm gonna, and that girl, and my wife. Like, no, no, no. Come back in the presence of God and say, Lord, what do you say, Lord Jesus? Consider Christ Jesus today. Maybe you're about to make a decision. Lord, put this message on my heart. Why don't you consider Jesus Christ? Maybe you're sick in your body and you're, yeah, I got this and I got this. Why don't you consider Jesus Christ? Amen, he made our bodies. Your choice of your friends. Why don't you consider Jesus Christ? The Bible in Proverbs 20, verse 24 said, men's goings are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his own way? I'll read that again, Proverbs 20, 24. Sometimes you get in, especially high school. We have any seniors, high school senior? Anybody senior this year? Sometimes, you know, they put pressure on you. I've seen young men, they come down that senior year and and they put pressure, like you need to know what you're doing and you need to have your life mapped out and you need to have this and it puts pressure. And a lot of times, young men, it drives them to drinking because of the pressure of the world. But I was thinking of the scripture, Proverbs 20, 24, man's goings are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his ways? Brother Ed and I were fellowshipping last night, 36 years ago. He came from northern Canada, came down through Jeffersonville, and, and we just met. He went down south and then came back, and we were together. And then God, I don't, I, we were both sitting there looking back. I don't understand. 
but God has our ways all directed. The footsteps of the righteous, they're ordered by the Lord. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will lead and guide you. It's not that you know the end, but you know that he's walking with you. As the man said, I don't believe in God. He said, I've got to see it. Down in the hills of Kentucky, Brother Ram said, you know, where do you live? He said, I live over the hill. Why don't you come home with me, Brother Ram? He said, I I can't do that. He said, how are you going to get there? He said, I just take my lantern. He said, well, you can't see your house. How are you going to get there? Oh, he said, oh, I just take the light, and I follow the path. And Brother Ram said, that's what I'm trying to get you to do. Not see home, but take the light of God's word. And follow the path, and the footsteps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. And every day, I'm walking with the Lord. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. I don't know if I'll ever make it home. I said to some people, like, hey, I may never see you again, but I know who holds tomorrow. And as long as I'm walking with the Lord Jesus, amen, I don't know about tomorrow, but I know he knows. And my life is in his hands. If he's done with me, and this is my last sermon, I want to go. And if it's not my last sermon, amen, then there's nothing that can take me. I was thinking about this, if our musicians will come. In death, we need to consider the Lord Jesus. You know, this just isn't theories that we're preaching. It's the word of God. My grandfather passed away. And my grandmother was older. I probably told this story before, but it's worth telling again. And she, I remember going to the hospital. She was laying in the bed. Like this, my aunt, I believe, was standing on that side. I was standing on this side, and we're talking to Grandma. She was going in and out and, and coming. And so I was just there with her, and I, she woke up. She looks at me, and we're just talking, and she's maybe not in, just her thoughts are not all together. And I, I've learned, Brother Ed, that when somebody's about to pass over, Remember Brother Bram talks about F.F. Bosworth said he sat up in the bed and shook hands with people that had passed 20 years. So somewhere in there, there's a crossing over time where they're, and so I knew that. And so when she come to that, I'd learned that. And so when she there and she woke up, I said, Grandma, did you see Grandpa? And she looked at me and she said, yes, I saw him. I wanted to be sure, Brother Ed. I said, Grandma, did he have gray hair or did he have black hair? And she said, he had black hair. You shall be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. This mortal will put on immortality. And before the world began, God took a picture in his mind and he put his in his filing cabinet. And death and old age may change our hair and our, and our teeth and our glasses, but God has a picture in his filing cabinet of what you were before the foundation of the world. You can burn this body, you can feed it to the lions, but you'll never destroy that picture that God has in his filing cabinet. And we'll be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. We need to consider that. I was thinking about that. Brother Branham said this, before the first drop of rain fell in heaven, from heaven, Noah was in the ark. And before the first atom bomb can strike this nation, the church will be in the rapture to meet the Lord Jesus. If the Sputniks and missiles are set and the hammers are all pulled back and the angels are all standing in order, hallelujah. The great quarters of heaven are all crowded full. The harps are all tuned in are all in tune. The great bands are already practiced up. There's a homecoming time pretty soon for the church of the living God who has been waiting his coming. Everything in order. He said, I'm so glad. I'm getting so tired. Oh, for that great hour. That's the hope that the Christian has. 
We, as Paul said, if we have hope in this life only, we're of all men most miserable. That's why those people are so defiant about the mask and all that and don't touch me and all this, because they only have hope in this life. But as a Christian, I don't just have hope in this life that my God will heal me. But I have a promise in the Bible, if this earthly tabernacle, if it be dissolved and it's destroyed somehow, there's already a body already waiting. And I step over into that new body. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. And we have a hope in Jesus Christ. We sang the little song, my hope is in the Lord. My hope is in Jesus Christ. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't know how to close a sermon. Is your hope in Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. I want it to be deeply anchored in Jesus Christ. Do you love the Lord Jesus? Paul said, don't let anything dissuade you and pull you aside. We're coming down to the end. We're coming down to the last lap. You might be people, your mentors and that, and they try to turn aside and say, no, no. I'm not going that way. I'm going this way. It's tried and it's proven. It's Jesus Christ. He'll lead me and he'll guide me. Let's just bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Father, your presence has been in this room. Lord, speaking to hearts. I see the young people with their eyes open. Lord, they're like sponges just absorbing the word of God. Lord, not our own ideas, but the scriptures were laying in there line upon line and word upon word and verse upon verse, Lord, feeding on this wonderful message that God's prophet has sent. Lord, as a minister, I'm trying to point people to the message of the hour, to the blood of Jesus Christ, to the plan of redemption to the infilling of the Holy Spirit, to the healing of our bodies, Father. You're everything to us today, Father. It's such an honor to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we come to the critical time, Lord, we've preached about you. And Lord, maybe there's someone here tonight that has sin in their life. And Lord, in your presence, as you've been drawing them through this whole service, the Bible says it's not your will that any should perish. Hell was not created for a son and daughter of God. It was created for the devil and for his angels, Father. I pray, God, you would deal with every son of God and every daughter of God that may have slipped away from you. With our heads bowed, would there be one here and say, Brother Daniel, I'm away from God, and I want to lift my hand. God bless you. God bless you. I want to be restored. God bless you. Brother Daniel, I'm not where I should be. God bless you. God sees your hand. But tonight, Lord, I want to come into the presence of this presence as Moses come in. I want to be changed, Lord Jesus. Maybe you got sin in your life and you want to confess your sin. God bless you. God bless you, young man. God bless you, sister. God bless you, brother. We are not Catholic people. You do not have to confess it to me. The Bible says there's one mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Christ Jesus. Confess your sins to him. Our emergency as a Christian in my Sunday school, 911, 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Would there be someone who said, Brother Daniel, I'm lukewarm. My experiences with the Lord is just lukewarm, but tonight I feel the warmth of the Holy Ghost. God bless you. And I want to raise my hand and say, God, will you just draw me back to you, Lord Jesus? Oh, he's got his arms wide open. He wants fellowship. He wants you to come back into his presence. Sin is the only thing that breaks the fellowship of sons and daughters in God. Say, Lord, Jesus, forgive me tonight. God bless you. God sees these hands. God knows our hearts. God's speaking to us in a way. As we said last night, God calls your name, and you know that's your identification, and the Holy Spirit is identifying himself and making himself real to you in a supernatural way, and that's his presence. And he said, look, I know you. I 
I've fed you every day of your life and I love you and I'm drawing you by the presence of God back to myself. God bless you, brother. God sees the hands. Maybe there's somebody sick in your body and you just say, Lord, I'm believing you and I'm trusting you tonight. I need healing. God bless you. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, sister. Hallelujah. God bless you, sister. I said it this morning, but I'm going to say it again. Maybe there's somebody here and you say, Brother Daniel, I don't know where I'm at. But I want to raise my hand and lift my hand towards Jesus Christ. The Bible says, draw nigh unto God. He will draw nigh unto you. God bless you, sister in the back. God sees your hand. God bless you, sister. Say, Brother Daniel, I've been through so many battles. I feel like I'm a snowball rolling down the hill. But you lifted your hand and you drew drew close to God in your spirit. And he will draw nigh unto you. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Say, Lord, I want to be a child of God, Lord. I'm in your presence, Lord. The Bible says no man can come except the Father draws him. And God's drawing my heart and causing me to respond. God bless you, young brother. God sees your hand and dealing with your heart. Oh, praise be to God. The scripture says no man can come except the Father draws. Lord Jesus, you see the hands that have been raised tonight, Lord. Supernatural God screaming through the church tonight, Adam, Adam, where are you? By the Spirit of God, not with the voice of Brother Daniel, by the the voice of the Spirit of God calling to every son or daughter of God. And Lord, in that atmosphere, the seed of God will come to life, and I pray you would come to each individual. Lord, may there be a weeping, may there be a brokenness, may there be a repentance. Oh God, as Peter said, repent. You have to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Lord, bless your children tonight, Lord. Pour in the abundance of the Spirit of God. Lord, bless this church, Brother Ed, Brother Harold, Lord, the other ministers, Father, Brother Moses, Brother Max, Lord, Brother Andrew, Father, I pray you'd bless them, their families, the deacons, the elders, Lord. Your word says, except God build the house, we labor in vain. But Lord, we're not laboring in vain. You've ordained something. You've brought it together where souls can come to the fountain of eternal life. Feed us, Lord, that we can drink, Lord, of that living water that Jesus talked about, Father. Bless us now, Lord, as we worship you and water the word. May you just pour in your Holy Spirit, Father, as we yield to you. We don't have a form. Lord, we just want to worship you and love you and fellowship with you. Bless us now, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. My hope is in the Lord Jesus. Let's just worship him just softly to him. My hope is in the Lord. Oh, let it be your prayer tonight. From this time on, hallelujah.
Christ. in the Lord. Oh, my faith is in the Lord from this time on and evermore. Oh, my faith is in the Lord forevermore. I know the master of the wind. Amen. Do you know the master of the wind tonight? Hallelujah. I was thinking of this quote Brother Random said. He said, just walk unconscious of fear. Walk unconscious of criticism. This is a prophet talking to us. We kind of take this collective thing, but if you just ever, as the one man sat down and I went through an experience in a church one time and something was happening, there was a lot of theological things that was happening in my life. And it just, Brother Ed, it just is another one of those things. And I just went away. I said, God. What do I do? I went to a cabin. You ever have experiences like this with God? And I got down on my knees in this cabin. And I remember raising my hand and said, God, what do I do? I don't understand. And he spoke to me again. It was the scripture. It was the voice of the word of God. He said, behold, I send you, Elijah the prophet. I got up from that and I walked away. I said, God sent me a prophet. And this is the truth. And as time went on, it manifested that it was the truth. Take the word of God, behold I. Who is that I in that verse? It's Jesus Christ. Jehovah, the Old Testament, is Jesus of the New, right? Church age book. I, behold I, Jesus Christ, send you. Put your name in there. Daniel Andes, Elijah the prophet, which is William Branham. Behold I, Jesus Christ, send Daniel Andes, William Branham's ministry. And when that's revealed to you, you just tuck it in your heart. Things will go up, things will go down, but you're anchored in the Word of God. Maybe somebody's this way, and you, uh, Brother Ram said this in the in a, in an adoption message. He said, when you come to that place of adoption, he said, you'll be able to bear with your brother when he's wrong. So when you see people, somebody's wrong, they're, ah! Brother, if you just come to adoption, you'll be able to bear with somebody. I'm not talking about sin, but if somebody's in second grade, but they have a desire to go to third grade, and you're a senior... You say, hey, I was in second grade, but I came to third grade. Brother Randall was a Baptist, and he became a Pentecostal. Then he moved on to the message of the hour. So if you can take this personally, he says, walk unconscious of criticism. Walk unconscious unto the world. Walk as you walk in Christ. Walk with him. Not paying any attention to the right hand or the left hand. Just keep on moving. That's good advice for all of us. Sometimes as you get older, young people, situations will happen in your life. And you'll get tied up in situations. Just, I've seen people leave churches. They go to other churches. 20 years later, Brother Ed, they're still talking about that thing that happened 20 years. I'm like, you haven't gone anywhere in your spiritual life in 20 years? Mm-hmm. It's like having a boat. Anybody canoe? I know he's got a kayak. Anybody kayak, canoe? And they put, sometimes they have a dock right there. You put all the boat in, get all your gear in there, and you stay tied up. You sit there and paddle and go through the forms of church and do all and you're still tied in the same place. Some of us need to cut the ropes and move on with life. I can tell you it's a beautiful life 
around the curve and you can't see that situation and you just go on and tell about the Lord and invite people to church because that situation so that was back around Paul said forgetting those things that are behind let us press towards the mark of the, God speaking to somebody tonight let us untie our family from where we've been tied and that brother and that church and that, let's untie ourselves and move on down the road move on down the river of life and experience the beautiful things of joy and peace and the power of God and angels and miracles and signs and wonders. Why? Because we cut loose from the past and we're moving on down the road. Who knows? Your kids might want to travel with you. <laughs> kids might want what you got. I tell, hold on just a minute, okay? Sometimes I tell the old people, you know, we're trying to sell them on something and if I was supposed to buy what you, you're presenting, I wouldn't want it either. We got to present the joy of our salvation. And I've learned that recently. I need to go to my prayer closet and talk to God about my problems and not talk to everybody else. God gave me the trial to drive me to my prayer closet to talk to Him. And when I come out of there, I close it in there and say, let me tell you about the love of Jesus. Serving God is wonderful. It's a wonderful. There's nothing like it in the world. Serving Jesus Christ. I have no regret serving Him. Because I can cast all my cares upon Him. He said, if something comes up in the church, walk with God. Hallelujah. If sickness strikes you, walk with God. Mm -hmm. If your neighbor doesn't like you, walk with God. Just keep on walking with God. Amen. And he promised he'd never put on us more than we could bear. That's why this song means so much. I know the master of the wind. He'll never let the wind break my sail. Oh, let's sing the song together. Do you have the words of that? I know the master of the wind. Oh, I know the master of the wind. Oh, let's sing it to the Lord Jesus from our hearts. I know the maker of the rain. Oh, yes, Lord. He can calm the storms and make the sun shine again.
Make the song to shine again. 